Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Run Off the Mill, a podcast that focuses on career advice and career opportunities. In today's topic, we'll be talking about how to future-proof your job, or as some call it, upskilling. Basically, upskilling is the ability to continuously learn and adapt. You don't want to be overlooked or left behind in today's job market. Organizational changes and moves seem to happen on the fly. We are telling you that it is important to stay curious. If you're ever wondering of the how and the why in regards to future-proofing, you came to the right episode. Now, let us start. All right. Well, welcome again to another episode of Run Off the Mill. I hope everybody's doing well. And for any new listeners that are tuning in, um, I'm the co-host, one of the co-hosts. My name is Curtis. Hi, Curtis. Hey. And I have two other co-hosts with me as well, uh, Rahul and Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so awkward. It's It's all good. Uh, Hey, everyone. Uh, Patrick here. I'll let Rahul go next. This is Rahul. How's everybody doing? I'm doing well. Uh, Really not much else to say other than Friends or family are doing well, me, myself included. And yeah, I feel really pumped up for this episode of the podcast. What about you two? Same, same. Let's get started. What's the conversation topic this week, Curtis? Yeah, for this week, uh, we wanted to discuss and give advice about future-proofing your skills, right? And what really is this future-proofing or from when I was in graduate school, we called it upskilling. So, you know, upskilling is the process of acquiring new and relevant competencies, let's say, you know, needed in today's, you know, work world and obviously in the future as well. And some common examples of upskilling, they could include like acquiring better digital skills, analytical skills. And, you know, this is something that I found interesting too, like organizational transformation skills, like, you know learning more of how to be a project manager, so to speak, right? So, I mean, how I interpret it, because I'm more of a worker in my stage of the career right now versus a project manager, was that, you know, for my needs, upskilling would probably more be about digital or analytical skills, right? So I think a current challenge that I face right now is I what's a very important sort of digital skill or computer skill to have is Microsoft Excel. And we don't have to spend the whole podcast episode talking about Microsoft Excel, right? But um, part of the issue is, you know, so many companies today use Microsoft Excel. And when I came into my role, you know, as a chemist at L'Oreal, we did have to use Microsoft Excel even more so now uh, in my current role. So, you know, sometimes I struggle with this sort of upskilling and, I think breaking down the structure of the podcast episode today, I want to like ask Rahul and Patrick regarding of one, when should you upskill regarding in your company right now, or, you know, when you're uh, trying to apply for a company, perhaps, you know, to gain a certification and two, is it even necessary? So I know those are two loaded questions, but what do you think, Patrick, about number one? Yeah, 
yeah, great kind of questions there. I guess just to kind of take a quick step back, um, I want to kind of mm. cover why it's important to upskill, uh, first yes. of all, and that kind of ties to your second question of, you know, is it even necessary or is it relevant? Um, and I think the most important thing to understand here is that the world is constantly evolving and the world is constantly changing, right? We're seeing kind of new technologies and new tools pop up every single day, right? If people kind of told you that you're using Google for work, so like Google Suite to store all your information, your spreadsheets, you know, 15 years ago, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would not believe you. Um, and I think kind of similarly, if people had mentioned like, hey, we're going to be using Zoom conferencing for most of your work in 2020, people would be like, there's no way, right? And so I think that just highlights the pace at which the world is evolving and changing is super rapid. And as a result, I think in order to keep up to speed, as well as to kind of propel yourself, it's important to take advantage of these new tools that will help you grow your career. Um, and so that's kind of why I think it's important to kind of upskill. It's to kind of stay relevant as well as look forward to what the next trajectory or next stepping stone piece in your career is. I think Curtis mentioned a really good example here where, you know, he started out as a chemist. Now he's using more Excel skills, right? And as a result, it's important for him to learn Excel. Um, so that's, again, why I think it's important for us to kind of learn some of those things and adopt the mindset of, hey, I'm never done learning, right? Because the world continues to change every single day. Rahul, any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I just want to say that I'm very excited about this episode because uh, even though we're already kind of getting into it, um, all three of us come from very different backgrounds. So Curtis, for example, is working as a chemist and he's working uh, more closely with sort of robotics. He could correct me if I'm wrong. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm working as an IT consultant uh, whereas Patrick, you know, he comes from a background of, you know, he, he worked as an actuary, he worked in, you know, product manage, uh, project management. Um, and uh, so I think, you know, the kind of skills that we've been working on throughout our careers uh, varies, and there might be some similarities as well. So I think there'll be a lot of takeaways uh, for our listeners today. Um, but yes, I totally agree. I think um, upskilling is absolutely necessary um, for someone such as myself, who's working in, you know, IT, um, this is definitely the case because we are, you know, always trying to chase the pulse of technology. Uh, so it's important to do the research. Um, and it's also important to do the studying, which uh, comes with that as well, um, whether that's learning a new framework. For example, if you're working as, you know, a software engineer and you're trying to stay, you know, uh, up to pace with, you know, whether it's a new sort of a web development framework um, or something on the server side. Um, on the other hand, uh, you might be, you know, working more towards, you know, software architecture um, or infrastructure, in which case there are technologies that are always constantly evolving. Um, we have, you know, many of us might be familiar with the idea of the cloud, which has really, you know, enhanced computing recently and has been a very, um, you know, a very hot topic. Uh, when it comes to digital transformation, which is the kind of stuff that I've been working with. That is, you know, sitting down with uh, clients and giving them advice about the technolo technological choices they should be making to optimize their, uh, you know, business processes mm -hmm. and performance. Um, so, yes, I totally agree. I think this is a very relevant topic for a lot of people out there. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the 
challenge of upskilling, right, is in my personal experience, uh, how I'm working right now, I'm wearing like multiple hats per se in, in my role. Like maybe I do a little bit of something different from robotics at work, you know, um, one day and at the next day it'll be uh, the sort of uh, priorities that I have to take care of. So I, I do think that, you know, it's important to upskill. However, um, how do we just keep up that sort of, that sort of, you know, will to upskill where it's just like, you might be a little bit burnt out from the day. Um, I mean, I definitely know I go through it. Like, you know, maybe it's because I need more peer mentoring, you know, or, you know, being coached on a certain task. Uh, however, you know, sometimes I feel like it has to come within, right? So I don't know if you have any advice on that, Patrick. Yeah, I definitely feel you there. And I'll kind of give the, the most common core example that I think a lot of people are going through right now, which is kind of the whole notion of people should learn how to code. And so mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've picked up a coding textbook or I've gone through some YouTube tutorials about how to code and try to get myself into there. And then like an hour later, I'm like, all right, I'm so done with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that perfectly speaks to you know, it's kind of hard to like, you know, go through a full day of work. You know, some people work 10, 12 hours a day, come back home, have to take care of personal things, and then also have to force yourself to learn. And kind of what I've discovered more recently is to apply learning to the things that are applicable, useful, and interesting to you. Uh, and that's kind of how I kind of view things because then it becomes moving from, hey, this is kind of like a chore or something that I need to do out of necessity versus, hey, this is kind of fun and could be exciting to learn. And I think a really good example of this was uh, right before the podcast, you know, the three of us had to catch up and I kind of raved about the new Apple shortcuts and the new Apple automation that I've just like spent the last couple of days, you know, working through um, and kind of in tandem about how I love to kind of project manage through like Excel and OneNote but I found this new tool called Notion, which I've slowly started kind of porting everything into it. So kind of talking about, you know, you utilizing Excel, maybe the best way to kind of enhance your knowledge there is to kind of build spreadsheets that you think are relevant and applicable to yourself. Um, a, a few kind of quick examples here could be, you know, I've, I've seen people who make paintings in Excel which is super crazy, but it's somewhat technical. You can do things with like conditional formatting, with changing, you know, row and column heights, things like that. I've also seen people develop games in Excel, which is also like a crazy whole nother dimension. Uh, or people who like built their own like personal budgeting spreadsheet. And I think kind of building some of those projects that are again, applicable to yourself, kind of better encourage you to learn and explore and gain those skills. I guess as a, as a segue there then, Rahul, how have you kind of, as someone who kind of went from, you know, more humanities to environmental science to then coding, you know, how did you kind of bridge some of those gaps and kind of transition from, you know, one course study to another? Yeah, so that's a great question. I, it's not easy, as Patrick mentioned. I mean, you really have to make the time for it and you have to really balance out um, burnout that you might be experiencing from your job while trying to, you know, level up your mm -hmm. skills. Um, for me, I believe, uh, I think 
as you know, as you mentioned, Patrick, it's always been a question of what's relevant to the job. What can I bring to the table in terms of a unique skill set? Uh, for me, being that sort of team member motivates me. Um, you know, having something or being able to do something that nobody else in the team can do, um, and thereby you know contributing value to the team. Uh, that's always been my driving factor when it came to, for example, learning code, which is not something I had done in university. You know, I didn't have any formal education as a software engineer. Um, and honestly, code is something I just recently got into maybe like, what, 2019? So it hasn't really been that long. Um, yet uh, throughout the process, it was me, you know, balancing my job, uh, which, you know, went on for nine hours and then, you know, going home and coding or waking up in the morning and coding, spending my weekends coding. Um, and yeah, honestly, I was also intrinsically very motivated by coding itself. Um, that, that is to say that I wasn't just doing it, you know, to sell out. <laughs> it wasn't for the salary. Rather, it was, I, I just really enjoyed the creative process of coding. Um, so for me, on the flip side, you know, Patrick, you mentioned that you don't, you know, coding is maybe not something that interests you, um, you know, directly. Uh, whereas on the other hand, the no code movement to me kind of bores me because mm. <laughs> like, I'm not really so interested in no code because I actually like the creative process of sitting down and working with code. Um, so I would suggest to any listener out there who's looking to level up um, or upskill, definitely look at what you're trying to upskill um, and the direction you're going in. You know, give it a shot. If it's something you're interested in and something that you find yourself that you, you know, are willing to spend weekends um, without crying about it then go ahead and go for it. And if it's not, if, if you find that it's very difficult to motivate yourself and to get up at, you know, four in the morning and, you know, grind it out before going to work, um, and then reconsider what it is you're trying to, up, you know, upskill. Uh, it could be that you, you might excel at a different skill that you could even enhance further and bring, you know, value to the company. Um, and, you know, don't listen to advice from other people who are saying, you know, for example, learn to code. Uh, if that's not your thing, then don't do it. And it's completely fine. Mm. There are other things, other ways you can enhance your skill set. Um, so, yeah, not only, not only should you just keep, you know, the pulse of what's going on around you, but you should also try to keep reevaluating what it is you are truly excited about. Because if you can do that, then you'll definitely get good at it, at whatever it is you're trying to do. I love that. Um, kind of my kind of takeaway and kind of follow up point there is, you know, you can upskill in things that are relevant and kind of interesting to you and apply those things towards work, right? So let's say, for example, I love photography and I wanted to get into editing photos, right? Then all of a sudden Photoshop becomes an integral part of your resume and could be something that you, you know, take on additional projects at work where there might be an intersection between where Photoshop might be used and the work that you're doing, right? And I think that's just another opportunity to kind of expand your network, expand your work scope. And again, Rahul kind of hit the nail on the head where I think it's as long as you're interested and it's relevant, you know, that's going to keep you excited and intrinsically motivated. Exactly. I totally agree. Uh, and, and in terms of creating opportunities too, as you mentioned, um, yes, you know, I, I was in a very unique position where, I didn't work in a software company when I was learning how to code. I, I was learning how to code because I was intrinsically interested in it, right? And because I was so passionate about it, that opened the dialogue within the company uh, towards, you know, how we could automate things and how we can use, you know, for example, Python to generate scripts that, you know, can really make things a lot quicker, a lot more efficient and less tedious for um, some of the employees. 
Um, and, you know, I find myself learning to code and a few months later, you know, spearheading sort of this movement for automation of business processes within a company. So definitely, if you are vocal about the things you're interested in as well, I think it definitely open up more doors for you and, you know, push your skills further. And I, I definitely can remember that, you know, getting involved in these things at work, you know, accelerated my, my upskilling, my, uh, my growth uh, beyond anything else I was doing. So, sure. Curtis, I'm a little bit curious. Um, how would you compare yourself in terms of your Excel mastery from the beginning of this year to now? I would definitely say that compared uh, from the beginning of this year until to now, um, my Excel mastery is definitely a lot better. I think what definitely helped uh, grow this sort of skill is that in it was more of a practicality sense. I moved on to a, a different position where I could apply it a lot more and I had to learn a lot more to the function in order to make my job work. So yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I, I think also like part of my concern is uh, as well as like just thinking for it, the population of listeners that are listening to this podcast, um, what happens if it, they're in their current career right now and it's a sort of position that they're not quite too passionate about and they are kind of trapped in that position and it's more so that you know they're not used to this sort of being self-motivated to learn these you know practical and logical steps in a, in order to upskill what, what would your advice be to them is it to just be like okay you guys got to toughen up and try to upskill um, you know, learn to skill or, you know, be part of like sort of a bygone era, if that makes sense. Mm. I guess if I had to kind of give some opinions there, it wouldn't be, nece- well, I guess, number one, I, I definitely empathize with kind of people who feel like, you know, they, have, they feel like they need to upskill out of necessity right now. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that kind of speaks to, again, how fast the world is evolving right? One technology is relevant today, tomorrow, it might not necessarily be relevant. Um, So, you know, I definitely empathize with the people who are kind of going through that. And, you know, people who feel kind of stuck there. I feel like from our upbringing, from our childhood, we're kind of taught like, hey, you go through school, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a job, and then you're done. But the reality is, even after you get a job, it's important to still kind of keep that learning. And to keep that mindset where, hey, I need to grow. Uh, because if you don't have that mindset, you're not going to transition your career. You're not going to grow your career. You're not going to get promoted, right? Because as you climb the ladder, you're going to have more and more responsibilities as well as more and more diversity within your work, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I think the first the biggest piece here is kind of acceptance of the mindset that it is important to learn and it might be daunting but kind of what I want to illustrate and why I asked you this question before about your mastery in Excel from January to now is that these changes and these skills and these improvements come day by day and they come very slowly. And if you wanted to learn or master something, it's important to have that consistency in that learning, right? From day one, when you opened Excel and you looked at a spreadsheet, you were like, I have no idea what I'm doing to today where you're like, Hey, I can perform most of my daily tasks. And that is a result of all the work that you've put in 
over these past, you know, 11, 12 months. Um, yeah. Rahul, any, yeah. any thoughts to add on there? Or Curtis, feel free to hop back in. Any thoughts, Rahul? Uh, yeah. I think uh, I think you delivered it quite eloquently. Um, right. Yes, I believe the sort of growth mindset should, should always be within all of us. Um, regardless of the career you're in right now, if it's not a place that you're happy with, um, you know, I mean, the honest uh, answer here is consider looking elsewhere, but at the same time, be prepared to be learning. Um, and yeah, as Patrick also mentioned, it is daunting. There is a lot to be learned. Uh, you might be thrown into project and know, you know absolutely nothing about what's going on. Uh, for consulting, for example, this is often the case where, you know, in early April, I was thrown into a project about trade finance and I know nothing about finance, first of all, <laughs> and let alone the trade finance, which is a different you know, species of finance itself. Um, and that took a lot of learning you know, on the weekends, in the mornings before work. Um, and you know, the value should be the fact that you are able to contribute to the team with that knowledge. Um, hopefully, that is something you agree with, you know, that is something that, you know, should be uh, valuable, should be your motivating factor. Because uh, once you understand the project, then that makes your job easier and it makes your productivity that much better. Um, so, yes, learning and the number of things you might have to learn for something might seem a little scary at first, um, but the dedication uh, will definitely be worth it in the long run. I think Curtis kind of going back to your, your question on like, Hey, if I'm someone who's completely new to this mindset, how do I get started? And my response to that is kind of similar to my response before, which is, I think it's important to pick things that are relevant to your interests, mm -hmm. uh, as well as kind of relevant to things that you want to do. Right. So again, with that Excel, it's like, maybe you're running most data analysis, um, on, uh, I don't know, some chemical batching. Uh, well, I think you could kind of parallel some of the formulas that you're using within that analysis to formulas that you might be using outside of work. Again, a really quick example of this would be, you know, personal budgeting. Uh, when we think about personal budgeting within Excel, you could do so many things, right? It's not just an accounting spreadsheet where you have, you know, your total income and then your total expenses. You could track your net worth over time and look at a time series, right? You could run percentages off how much things have changed month by month. You could do a budgeting uh, spreadsheet for if you want to finance a car, how much would that cost? How much would you have to pay? How many months would I have to save, right? And those are the kinds of analytics that you'll need to use at work as well, right? So I think it's about building projects that are interesting and relevant again, uh, and kind of keeping up some of that consistency. Um, I think if people are looking for a place to start, uh, I would reference kind of all of the free things that are available through the magical power of the internet, right? If you just go on YouTube, there are a thousand different Excel YouTube channels, right? I think Excel is fun um, is probably like the most famous popular one. Um, and they do super basic tutorials to, you know, something that's super advanced. Um, and I think that kind of parallels for people who enjoy coding and also touches upon Rahul's point on how you learn as well. Right. Some people like the organized course workflow. Um, and for coding, I believe MIT and Harvard both have free 
introduction to computer science classes online, if you like that structured approach. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're a little bit more like me, who likes the more kind of drag and drop, then YouTube is your friend, right? Just Google, hey, I want to do this very basic thing with code. Uh, how do I do that? And learn from copying other people, um, where kind of Stack Overflow is kind of your best friend there. Um, and I can't tell you how many times where I've literally Googled some VBA and directly mm -hmm. copied and pasted the Stack Overflow code uh, into my module. So. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I totally agree with Patrick here, um, especially for something like coding. Um, you know, projects are your friend for sure. Projects will demonstrate to also future employers that you have the initiative um, and also some of the practical experience that goes along um, with, you know, applying coding skills. Um, so, yeah, once and the, the great thing about project is, uh, you know, you could make it oriented towards your interests. It could be anything. Um, so you might not have so much fun learning Java, for example, but maybe you make an app that, you know, automates something that you're doing all the time in your life, um, or addresses a problem that you see around you. Um, and the moment you do that, that, that the learning process then becomes fun. Um, and you stop thinking about it as a learning process and yet you emerge out of it, you know, that much better at Java or wherever it is you're trying to learn. Um, so yeah, it's my two cents there. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's very good. Uh, I think the next point is how do we sort of explore upskilling when it's, let's say it, this is about me. I'm the common worker uh, in the world today. Now, how would I realize that, hey, I need to upskill one day? Would it be somewhat along the lines of being honest with myself and reaching out to my manager and you know, asking my manager what they think that I need to improve on, let's say, that sort of thing. If like, if taking a viewer or a listener that's right now listening to our podcast and just like thinking like, um, where should I even start, you know? I, I think um, if I may begin this discussion, mm -hmm. um, I, I believe that one of the best ways to go about this is to evaluate your own situation currently. Mm -hmm. If you are applying for a job, I would recommend then looking at the job market, whether that is LinkedIn or Indeed, look at the job descriptions, see exactly what sort of qualifications you need for the job. Um, if you need to learn VBA, learn VBA. If you need to learn Python, learn Python. If there are specific you know, libraries in Python that you need to learn, start doing projects in that. Uh, you know, when you're looking for a job, I think it's actually maybe a little bit easier um, because it's really written right there in front of you. Um, so go ahead and go for it that way. And in terms of whether or not, you know, how to address your learning in that, um, if they're looking for certifications, then that's a great way to anchor yourself, a great way to aim your studies that is towards the examination and getting that certificate. Um, on the other hand, you know, if it's, if they're not asking for a certificate, I would just recommend doing a project. Um, first learning, let's say it's a programming language, learn the syntax, learn the fundamentals, go into a project. And that way you can talk about it in your interview. On the other hand, uh, if you're currently, you have a job, um, just look exactly what you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis and try to evaluate where, you know, you know, steps in the, in the process that you're doing, uh, you're executing every day, where places that, you know, you could probably boost your efficiency in. 
Um, and as you mentioned, yeah, you know, Curtis, definitely talk to your manager. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something that, you know, if you are technically, are you using a technical skill and, you know, producing a deliverable, um, ask your, you know, uh, project manager or, you know, your manager for feedback and see where you can improve. Um, and, you know, hopefully the things you're doing on a day-to-day basis are motivating uh, to you, you know, to pursue you know, further education because the more you do, the better you get at it, the better you'll be at your job, the you know, more positive the feedback you'll receive. And the cool. easier it'll become. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Very good. So we definitely covered, I think, the most important themes of, you know, when should you upskill and how to look for, you know, um, how to look for it of the when and why you should upskill. Uh, is there any sort of concluding thoughts Patrick Rahul that you want to mention for the theme of this episode? Yeah, I guess I'll just mention very quickly that uh, I typically think of upskilling in in two types, right? Number one, out of initiative, kind of like what we're mentioning here today, or number two, out of necessity, right? So for example, Curtis, you entered a new role, and so you had to learn Excel, right? And I think the whole purpose and concept behind upskilling is that both are necessary, right? It's, you know, sometimes you need to learn a new software, a new tool, or a new skill for a job, for example, a whole with trade finance. And other times, there are things that are so interesting that just pique your interest that are then applicable to the job. Kind of like, again, with Rahul's example of learning how to code and automate things. And I think if I could just add some color on Rahul's point on evaluation, um, I think the easiest way to kind of get started with defining what skills you'll need to upskill, or what you could upskill, is to kind of take a, take a look at your day-to-day and think about what process you do you know, multiple times or what kind of process is inefficient or what could be improved. And I guarantee you that there are at least you know, two to five to 10, maybe even 50 things that could be better. And then start to investigate, hey, how can I make that process better? So I'm not spending more time on that. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I really encourage all of our listeners and viewers to you know, continue upskilling and to have that positive mindset of, hey, I need to adapt and change and grow. And that's not a bad thing. And I can do so um, not with a lot of stress and that it could be a fun process. Cool. I think we'll close out here if nobody else has any comments to add. No, I'm good. Hope you guys have a good day. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We upload every other Thursday of the month. If you enjoy the content, please follow our podcast channel. We strive to create content that would make a positive impact in your career journey. In return for our efforts, we would like to hear from you. For any suggestions, topic requests, or enlightening musings, please email contactrotm at gmail.com. We look forward to the next time you tune in for another episode.